The kids on Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? <laughs> is a Freddy Krueger podcast. Was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. From the Consequence Podcast Network, the minds behind the Losers Club comes a new podcast in fantasy terror. Nancy? something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Halloweenies, a Freddy Krueger podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. You're magic, like me. I need you to listen to me. The world's a hungry place. A dark place. Hi there. I only met two or three people like us. They died. When I was a kid, I bumped into these things. I don't know about magic. I... I was called it The Shining. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you But if you wanna make love, then I do too And I'll be right there behind you Constant listeners, and welcome yet again to a very special episode of the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast from the Consequence Podcast Network. Let's go around in a fun circle and introduce ourselves. I am one of your co-hosts for this, once again, very special episode, Justin Gerber, and to my right... This is Mackenzie uh, Macabre Gerber. I have not read uh, the book uh, that we're going to be talking about. Uh, the ad- well, the adaptation. Uh, I, I guess no one's seen the adaptation of this book yet. <laughs> but uh, I'm coming in. I'm coming in um, frazzled and and like a little baby, uh, but apparently frazzled. So yeah, it's okay. I'm a little frazzled myself. And this is Michael, I'm going to read it now, Rose the Hat Rothman. I'll explain it all, Mike. Oh, I hope you will. Editor-in-chief of Consequences Sound and also a constant contributor of the Losers Club and Halloweenies, a Freddy Krueger slash horror franchise podcast. Today is also the birthday of a, a fellow slasher. One of my favorite people to ever live, Jason Voorhees, born June 13th, 1946. Unfortunately, we're not going to be talking about that today, but fortunately... We will be talking about a highly anticipated Stephen King adaptation coming out this fall, whose trailer surprise dropped today. I did not see this coming at did all. Did not see this coming one bit. Of course, we were talking about In the Tall Grass, starring James Marsden. <laughs> gonna be on that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm looking forward to that too, but we're gonna be talking about it. Mike, chapter two. <laughs> chapter two, starring. No, we're gonna be talking about Dr. Sleep, the highly anticipated Mike Flanagan adaptation. Of the Stephen King 2013 novel. And officially the sequel to Stanley Kubrick's 1980 classic, The Shining. Mike, I was on your side, as you will point out, this entire time. I had no, there was no question in my mind that Warner Brothers 
would absolutely be using the IP that they had to incorporate as much of the shining as they could into the of sequel. Of course. Does, you know, it's, like, so we're going to do the Godfather 3, but we're not going to acknowledge the first two Godfather <laughs> movies at all. You know, what are you talking? Yeah, no. I definitely got very excited when I heard the, those notes, those familiar notes mm-hmm. in The Shining, because they're very subtle. What about the, when you saw a little Danny on the trike, on the little tricycle, too? I got very excited. Now, here's where my excitement level lies. Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's start there. Uh, I've not read the book, and I don't really know much about the story at all, except that it is a sequel to The Shining. That's exciting, though. Watching the mm-hmm. trailer, I was like, just just initial watch, just trying not to like pick it apart. I I was I was pretty jazzed. Yeah, me too. Now here's uh, here's the thing. Am I as jazzed about it without all the sh- little shining bits and the music cues? No. No. Mm. So, I mean, I mean, that's the thing is that's what, that's the only thing that worries me about this trailer as much mm-hmm. as I was like, I'm in, and I definitely want to see it now and I'm probably gonna watch the trailer a bunch more. But that was, that was the thing that kind of got me like, uh, I don't know, because you guys have, you've read the book, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't, yes, I have. Now, is any of that shining stuff in the book? We're going to be covering, we're going to be doing something a little special this fall. We're actually going to be covering the book years ahead of schedule. So mm-hmm. we'll be covering the book and the movie around the same time. It only makes sense to do that. So I don't want to give any spoilers away. I will just say that I do not remember what looks to be a, like a dream sequence happening in the book. I may be wrong. It's been six years since I read it, but I don't think that happens. No, my girlfriend, Samantha Kuykendall, mm-hmm. uh, who was also on the Fifth Dimension podcast, she had mentioned that she doesn't re- yeah. recall that either. And she well, I will just say this. Read it, like, um, of course, the, the book, The Shining. Yeah. The Overlook explodes at the end. So I guess I'm really mm-hmm. not giving anything away. The no, book, you're not. No. It's still exploded and gone by the time the Doctor Sleep novel comes around. They haven't rebuilt it or anything like but that. But apparently the setting takes a big deal in the book or is a big deal in the book. At a certain point mm-hmm. in Dr. Sleep, the novel, the Overlook Hotel area um, is a major part of the book. But as we learned from Mike Flanagan in an interview, I think we've got some quotes from that, Mike. Oh, yeah. This absolutely takes place in the Stephen King, I'm sorry, in the Stanley Kubrick universe of The Shining. Okay. So therefore, the hotel, as far as we can see or can assume, still stands. Yeah. Now, like you were saying, WB, I'm just being, I'm playing devil's advocate. No, the WB has the rights to mm-hmm. this IP, so they were always going to use that. But when has this ever been a good thing? Like, don't you just, Ready don't you one? feel that they are pulling, but that's that's not a Stephen King story. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, I'll they use you. that. But don't you feel like they're pulling, purposely pulling on the heartstrings of people that like The Shining? Of course. Because the only things that got me excited about it was like seeing those scenes, hearing that music, and then hearing The Shining music at the end when Dr. Sleep popped up. The Dr. Sleep stuff looked fine as its own thing, but like I kind of wish we had seen a teaser that was just Dr. Sleep stuff first before getting this because I just feel like we're all really excited about it, but like, is any of that stuff really going to be in the movie? And and if it is, no, it is, in the is movie. it going to take away? Yeah, but if it is, is it going to take away from the book? And again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. But I know you didn't all like right, the let, book. Let me talk about this. Yeah. So as as listeners of the podcast know, I've been talking about this for, what, 30 months now, how much I don't like Dr. Sleep, the novel. <laughs> I will say... Um, if you want to look at the opposite of what you've been saying, Mac, is, uh, yeah, I enjoyed The Shining. I mean, I knew that that was going to be there. They were going to figure out a way to put The Shining in there, the movie. But I, I think all the Dr. Sleep stuff actually looks pretty good. Now, a lot of that's to do with uh, the Mike Flanagan aesthetic. You can tell now that this is a Mike Flanagan project. I think before, Mike, I know you kind of struggled with, with this too. You felt that Flanagan didn't really have like a 
a flair or like like a, a specific style to him. But now it feels like, especially after watching House of Haunted House on the Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> I saw a lot of that aesthetic yes. and lighting and soft that's lighting. That's sort of like moonlight, gl- yeah, the green glow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's incorporating so much of himself into the story that I'm, I actually think it looks good. And this is somebody who did not like the book. But I think when I look at the, the Rose the Hat character, for instance, and her troop of people led by mm-hmm. Mission Impossible series, Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. That is not how I picture them at all in the novel. Oh, really? And I think that Dan, myself... And Randall struggled with how they're depicted in the novel because they seem a little bit more slovenly and almost goofy. At least that's how they read. But this could be a case of an adaptation improving upon that, maybe making it a little bit more intense and scarier. Well, because that, the, that be the scenes that they're in in the in the trailer are from the the book. Okay, but they're shot in such a way that I think, especially if you base it on the Haunting of Hill House, there could be something really special here. We've seen a two and a half minute trailer. Everything's out of context. It's hard. I don't want to start, you know, saying how happy I'm with the movie, but I'm definitely more optimistic than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I am too. I mean, for, I know pretty much the entire story for mm. this the, 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 this novel. Um, just because, I mean, here's the thing, Mac, with that is that like what you're saying is like, what? Well, well, you know, I wish the Shining stuff didn't draw us in. Technically, that's what drew all the readers in in 2013 when the book was released. Like, yeah. I was more anticipating finding out more about, like, Danny Torrance and, like, what's going on with him. And I think one of the major criticisms that a lot of uh, fans have, those that don't really love the book, because there are those that really do love this book, is Definitely. the fact that they didn't lean too much on Torrance and what was happening with him. And, and I heard that the first half of the book really does. And that's like yeah, actually the, the smartest the, the part. The first third or so really focuses on where Danny Torrance is today. Mm-hmm. And it's quite beautiful at times. And he's like it's haunted not, and stuff. He's being haunted, yeah. but it's definitely even more of a drama, uh, much more of a drama, I should say, yeah. than the horror novel. And then when we see in this, we see this little girl that he knows and meets who also has uh, the shine. And that side story gets a little rough. And again, ultimately, the Rose the Hat story in the book is not very scary, especially when you compare it to the, the terror of the Shining novel and the, and the adaptation. Mm-hmm. The problem with the book is not Danny Torrance at all. Like, he's still captivating. You just want to, like, you just would be happy reading about him at this nursing home for 500 pages, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's that good. It yeah. starts off that good. I'm not sure if Sammy agreed with that. No, she does. Yeah. It's she, really she strong says, start. And then they just, and then, the, and then another story happens the rest of the time. It's just disappointing well, for me. In her way of critiquing it, she was saying that it felt more like a screenplay, that there yeah. weren't so many details that, that King, you know, always does, but that it actually read more of just like action, 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 yeah. like craziness that's happening that would be more um, fitting for the screen as opposed to say just like reading it as a book and absorbing the world mm. a little bit. And so she saw even like the ending um, having like a lot of theatrical qualities to it. And, yeah. and she says it it really works well where it goes with like Flanagan's style. For and, sure. and if they do use the actual hotel, whether it's a, image or if they're actually back at the hotel, mm-hmm. then that can make for a very fascinating on-screen experience. Obviously, if you're going back to the Overlook it for real, not just in a virtual reality like Ready Player One. Well, what we learned in the interview, because they did a whole press you know, mm-hmm. press tour before releasing this trailer, and Flanagan's been interviewed by you know, a dozen publications is because they, they basically just had a Q&A. And he says that the only shot from the original Shining 
is is uh, the the blood that comes out of the elevator just because it would be impossible to replicate, which means every other shot, which includes the twins, the the Grady twins, which includes Danny, you know, running away from um, the hallway, or the, mm-hmm. which includes Danny in the hallway next to room two thirty seven. The shot of of what's her name in the in the room. Yes, and actually and in then. the room too. That those are all new, which means they've created those sets again. So here's the thing with that, which yeah. I think is really cool and mm-hmm. a good idea. Even if you could get your hands on the actual footage and use that footage in the movie, I think it that's a not, it's not a smart idea because here's the thing: if it's if there's supposed to be some kind of like Danny like rem, like remembrance kind of situation, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's really cool that it's not quite how we remember. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like yeah. how memory works. So I kind of like that idea. Also, of course, I'm I'm assuming from also from what we see in the trailer when he's like walking up to the the door with the, the crack and you know yeah. we know that he's going to be interacting with these. So it makes more sense to have reshot the sequences. Uh, again, though, if none of that, I mean, I'm I'm interested if that's if that's if they're going to really double down on that in the in the movie. But if, if that's about as much as we see from that in the actual film, then I think it's a, this is a super mislead. And that's the problem is like as a teaser, Cool. Next trailer needs to be like what the real movie's going to be. I get what be, you're though. saying. I do. Because I'm worried that people are going to be like, "Oh man, well, I thought that there was going to be all this stuff from The Shining in the movie, and then there wasn't." So I, I'm worried that they're just throwing that in, the, in there. I, like, the, I wonder if that's actually all we do get from The Shining. Yeah, and that the rest of the movie is just Doctor Sleep. I, I'll so, say this from the interview I, that Mike Flanagan gave. It sounds like they really really went to work on rebuilding these sets and I don't and think they would do it, it if it was just for 30 seconds. Okay, you know? cool. So I, I think well, that's awesome. I think if that is the case, then I'm all about that because I haven't read the book and I'm probably not going to read the book before we, uh, well, I might, I might, I may or may not, I'm well, not sure. be on the episode, but yeah, but if, uh, if I'm not on the episode, I probably won't read it because I just kind of, I want to maybe come at, come at the movie in that with the take of not having read the book yeah. and just seeing this and, not having like a preconceived notion of what it's supposed to be. Can I give you my theory on how they're going to incorporate all this? Go for it. Okay. So I think I'm no spoilers for the book or anything, but I think that the book will carry out very much the same in movie form, but I think there will be more hallucinations slash dream sequences slash shine sequences of him finding himself back at the overlook Mm -hmm. spread. I think sprinkle throughout the, the movie. That's my take. Um, I, I don't know if the kind whole of culminating in something. Yeah, maybe culminating there or something like that. Who knows? I don't want to spell too much, mm-hmm. but I, that would make sense to me. And I don't think that that would be some cheap way of, of going back to it. It makes it it would make total sense. Just you're allowed to get away with so much with this property because it's so supernatural in that way. You know, you can make up your own rules too. And another great thing is that this isn't Flanagan's first King outing, mm-hmm. and we know that he's clearly a fan and a fan of source material. You know, he stayed pretty true to things. So the fact that he's going kind of against that grain yep. here, it, I'm, 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 I trust it in his hands more than anyone else. You know what I mean? To, to, to instead of like Castle Rock, where like they're just kind of doing their own thing with it, I kind of trust Flanagan more to make this still, still feel like King, even though it's going to be kind of an original spin got, on it. You know? I agree. You have some quotes because I have some quotes here from Flanagan. Yeah, today. you you go first. Yeah, yeah. On that Mac, because we know Flanagan is extremely faithful, um, especially with Gerald's Game, and, and as we all know, Mike, well, we, we none of us really like the ending of Gerald's Game, the movie, but it is extremely faithful mm-hmm. to the uh, to the novel. But here's what he had to say after the trailer debuted. He said, in regards to what the sh- this 
Doctor Sleep will be a, a true sequel to? Will it be a sequel to Kubrick's The Shining or King's The Shining? He says, the answer is really complicated. The answer to all of those questions for us has always been yes. <laughs> it is an adaptation of the novel Doctor Sleep, which is Stephen King's sequel to his novel The Shining. But this also exists very much in the same cinematic universe that Kubrick established in his adaptation of The Shining. Reconciling those three at times is very difficult. Uh, sources have been... Sorry, sorry. <laughs> at times very different. Sources has been the most challenging and thrilling part of this creativity for us. I went back to the book first, and the big conversation that we had to have was about whether or not we could still do a faithful adaptation of the novel as King has laid it out while inhabiting the universe that Kubrick had created. And that was a conversation that we had to have with Stephen King to kick the whole thing off. Mm-hmm. And if that conversation hadn't gone the way it went, we wouldn't have done the film. Yeah. How about that? So... King essentially gave his blessing he did. to to work in the Kubrick aesthetic. He and, did. and on top of that, hmm. he had to work with the Kubrick estate. Yes. So he, I mean, this is a huge deal. And he I, said I, I um, he it. was never more nervous than when he had to wait for King's response to the screen to the screenplay he sent him. I think it was, yeah. and but King was gave him the blessing. So and then also with Kubrick's estate, had to approve things also. So he had to just toe the line between them. Yeah, you know. I feel. I also feel at this point, even though King was not too happy with The Shining at the time, you gotta like. This is going to propel if the if this was not if none of this footage and it wasn't a direct sequel to to Kubrick's Shining, and that stuff wasn't in it, and it was just literally a Stephen King book called Doctor Sleep, Mm -hmm. and it said it's about The Shining, but they couldn't use any of that stuff. It's not going to do half as well. So you got to think also that King sense. You got to think that King's like, okay, yeah, do it because he's going to he's going to be rolling in the dough if this movie is any good and oh, it does yeah. good. You know what I mean? Like people are everyone's going to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to go see this movie. Yeah. It's the sequel to The Shining now. Yeah. Like not that it wasn't before, but it, the, the, the Kubrick's Shining, you yeah. know what I mean? And like that alone even if it's not getting good reviews, it's still going to do gangbusters route the gate, I think. This isn't like Dawn of the Dead is a quote-unquote sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, like, exactly. This literally yes. looks like we're going to be in the same, you know, official... And it's not and, It's not like, you know, just a sequel to anything. It's a sequel to The Shining, which yeah. is like, that is in, in everyone's top ten, practically, you know, of, of horror films. So, I, 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 yeah, I'm just... Uh, here's where I got really excited, based mm. on, that, on that notion, is that so... This really is going to be like very um, uh, connected to The Shining and even just like the thematic level and also just how they shot it as a horror movie. Um, One of the quotes that he had that was really, really um, awesome uh, that I read from the Bloody Disgusting take uh, was that, um, and they write, The Shining may be a classic horror movie, but some younger audiences might not fall under its spell since trends of horror have evolved in the ensuing decades. Evolved. Uh, it's a it's a concern that Flanagan thinks he has the answer to, uh, and this is what he said. Uh, it's interesting because I've had that experience where I've shown someone The Shining and they don't see what the fuss is about. The director explained. I think one of the solutions to that for us was we never approach this movie as a horror movie. We always wanted to try to come at it from a different side. We've done that for a lot of our things, but I don't know if it's ever been more true than at this one. Mm. It has horrific elements, absolutely. But one of the things that we were trying to be very careful to do is not to create the expectation that this is a modern horror movie in the way that people expect it. Here's the best part. One of the questions that I would ask, Flanagan added, when we were developing the project and when we were talking about the metered expectations audiences have about it, in particular jump scares and startles and the pacing of those, which were utterly uninterested in this film was, I would say, what's your favorite jump scare in The Shining? There isn't one. 
The same is true here. We use a lot of the lessons that Kubrick taught us about how to do a psychological thriller, a mm. supernatural thriller, in a way that is more about suffocating atmosphere and tension than it ever is about the kind of traditional scares as we understand them today. So in light of that, we have been very careful not to make the kind of movie that those audiences would expect. That, that is, is great. Amazing. Well, this sounds that is amazing. great. I mean, I want to, let's think back to, again, The Haunting of Hill House. I think yeah. they did a tremendous job of building the dread in a lot of those scenes, and I got that vibe watching this trailer. I think the music's going to be there when the music... Well, let's talk about the music for a second, because one of the things I really loved about this trailer is that they capture all of the tones of this of, of the film. You know, you get the obvious um, Wendy Carlos theme at the end, mm-hmm. but you also get a lot of like the Georgi Ligeti effects that are in there um, throughout the original film, like the little bells, the little twinkles, and the, the sort of like vacuum sound that the, that is big part of you know the original film and if they can can you know carry that over into the actual movie i'd be i'd love that actually that's the only thing that i i have i feel like that's for the trailer yeah no i think i don't think i don't think they're absolutely gonna have that in the movie you think they're gonna use They've the, got sound? the rights to all that stuff but why didn't use it. so but why didn't i guess that's my question why didn't they use any of the footage then i think that was a choice i mean that, that was, was a, choice? a choice because okay. like i said the elevator is from the original Right, I thought that was just because that was all they could secure, or something like that, because well, of Warner something Brothers. to do with Kubrick, because they had to go to his people and all that. And I don't know what the licensing rights are for for that. I at feel this like point. that's more of a blessing, if anything. Mm-hmm. It's Warner Brothers' property; they can do whatever the hell okay. they want. They, they, I don't think I don't think Who's, Stanley Kubrick would have been like, "Yes, please know? have that in Ready Player Who's One." Who's doing the score for this? It's it's this group. It's a it's a duo. I think they're brothers that have worked with Flanagan on all of his movies. Yeah, the Newton brothers, including The Haunting of Hill House, which had a very nice score. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of prominent stuff other than than the flanging work from what I can remember. Interesting. Yeah, did Gerald's Game, Ouija, Origin of Evil, Hush, yeah, everything there. Oculus, I think, too. Mm-hmm. The whole, the whole okay. deal. Yeah. Cool. Well, so. again, you know, if they can use all this stuff in a way that's interesting that moves the movie forward, great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you're going to hear that shining theme mm-hmm. from when the first time you see the Overlook Hotel. You want to talk about it? You want to double down your bet, Mike? Bet on that. The moment you see the exterior of the Overlook Hotel, they're going to have that Wendy Carlos rendition of whatever that score is. Do you think that? Do you think there's going to be a Doctor Sleep uh, theme <laughs> that starts the movie, or do you think you're going to get that theme? Starting? That's a good question. I wouldn't want to. I I don't know. I think we'll have a Doctor Sleep theme. I don't think they'll go that heavy. I don't think you're going to get like the the blue titles like slowly going up. I don't think they're going to lean that heavily into The Shining. But who knows? At this we don't point. know. I mean, that that's the thing. It's like. If you look at it uh, last year with all the sort of reboots and, re- re- you know, the nostalgic reimaginings, like with Halloween, H- you know, H2O, I mean, <laughs> Halloween 2018, they went, you know, shot for shot, and, you know, the pumpkin, aesthetic, yeah. aesthetic, everything of the original one. So I don't know, maybe Warner Brothers saw that and was like, let's try to do that. But I don't know. I just don't see Flanagan really doing that. I think he'll still try to do his own thing while also being reverent to the source material, be it the book or the film. And that's fine. And I and I think that if one thing I will say though is that if he does want to capture that sort of horror from you know Kubrick's original, the, I mean the sound design is key. It's it's that's yeah. some of the scariest parts of that movie. So if you're going to do that, I don't know. I I just don't know if like a reg- like a regular theatrical score is going to do it. Like like modern horror scores are a, a total downer these days. Like they're not good. I, I think you're going to get the same type of score you got. Like I said in the Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very minor. I don't think you're going to have it permeating throughout yeah. the whole the whole movie. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, like I said, aesthetically it looks terrific. Yeah, and 
You know, it's going to be. Uh, it's say, actually a pretty short way. It's only going to be what? How many months away is that? I mean, it's November. It's coming right around. That's only five months away. That's wild. I, know. I haven't seen I did a lot. I've only seen the trailer once now. Mm-hmm. But um, was there a lot of framing like Kubrick does, or no. is it really no, that's its the thing. own thing? I didn't get that vibe. No. I really. It, it seemed good, like though. a. That's it good. seemed like a Mike Flanagan movie. Okay, that's cool. I mean, that's what it felt like. I didn't. I just couldn't remember if there was any like. You know, center framing stuff nah. going on. You know what I mean? Nah, it, this really does yeah. seem like it's his own thing set in this world, which is obviously a key. I mean, it looks like Hunting a Hill House. Yeah, with absolutely. The, I mean, those shots of just, you know, um, with when you have Danny and Abra outside in the park, that mm-hmm. looks like something that would have been in, you know, one of the scenes when you know, Henry Thomas is Any of the interiors with him in his, in his, uh, his attic apartment, yeah. If this movie does well. Here we go. Don't you think that they're they're gonna do another one without? Don't you think they would just do another movie like that? Continue unless unless this mm, book ends sleep, in a weird way. Are you still sleeping? I just can't imagine them like this. This if this blows things away, if it does really well, and then all of a sudden like everyone's a huge fan of it. Like, how do they walk away from this now? You know, we. One, I think punch. we did like, a good job of predicting the it box office that would be astronomical. We think we did a really good job with that. I think this will be a hit. This is not going to be. It. I just don't think it's gonna be. It's just not the same this style. Is, this is this is the difference, though. This be more of a. Drama it isn't a sequel to anything. It was its own thing, a new adaptation. It's never been a movie before, you know. And there's it's, a lot it's of reference okay. to that miniseries and famous book, though. That's the thing. Like this is not a famous book, um, and this is not like a straight up horror movie. This doesn't have the appeal of the Stranger Things kids. You know, it's just not going to be the same. Here's one thing they could do, though, is yeah. that if you know, if obviously if Paramount was already seeing Pet Cemetery as a potential, you know universe that they can kind of explore for sequels you think or prequels. This will just pave the way for a retread of the original Shining? No, no. I think what there could possibly be is a project that Warner Brothers scrapped a while ago, which was a oh, prequel. That's right. And oh. apparently, well, it was director Mark Romanek who had done One Hour Photo and Let Me Go. And, and some Nat um, videos. And James Vanderbilt, uh, who's, you know, he was also doing... Um, the Long Walk. The Long Walk. He had written a, a prequel script that was allegedly like awesome, and mm. people really liked it. But the that problem takes is, place I can't. At the hotel, with it takes the original place in, like, the early, the like early events of the the hotel that would be more about like it's but not so much a, haunted. I think I don't know if it was haunted or not, but it's like a gangster thing in the hotel. I'd be like, ah, where's my cigar? Ah, um, play it again, Sam. Play, well, I can yeah. definitely see them being like, you know, first there was The Shining, then Doctor Sleep, and see now, where it all know, began. See where the it began. Yeah, exactly. The exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which, if they could pull it off, and you know, fine. I, look, The Shining is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I don't need a sequel. I don't need. I mean, honestly, I don't even need. Um, Anything other than just the movie we got. I don't need another adaptation of The Shining, even though I would like to see one, especially if. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, do you think we're going to see like Stephen Weber show up? (laughs) Well, (laughs) they do work in some elements from that as a real mind fuck. (laughs) Well, he he says that. He goes, or this is funny. It's a good thing you, uh, you asked that. Oh, he actually mentions this? Oh, yeah. He goes, I actually have quite a bit of admiration for the miniseries. Um, because not only where they chose to shoot it at the Stanley, which is really meaningful just as far as the genesis of the novel, but for how they treated Jack. So what you'll see eventually, and I can't talk too much for spoilers again, but what you'll see is an honest attempt here to try to pull it all together. There are lots of Easter eggs within the film, specific not only to Kubrick, but to King as well, outside of The Shining and Dr. Sleep novels. So I'm hoping this will be exciting for people as nerdy as me, and we will go out of our way to try to make it sure. There's another quote in which he says there's also a major reference to the Dark Tower that people will lose their minds over. 
Yeah. So Which I'm with that's I think be. we're going to, I think we'll see like the croquet mallet. I think we'll probably see even the, yeah. um, uh, the creatures, the, the plants. The, oh, the plant. The, oh, that would be cool. Fucking, well, I thought you were trying to talk about like what the what dark tower called? reference is going to be. No, the shrubbery. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The shrubbery. Yeah. Um, the haze, the, the hedge animals. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that we might even, even if they're not moving, they're just standing there. I think that there'll be some subtle nods to the book and, if anything, just the book, but that's also kind of like, well, you know. I mean, for me, here's here's my thing. I, I don't like this book, so what they can change whatever the hell they want. <laughs> I'm not going to be. This isn't something I'm so beholden to and, and taking as a precious item. Like you can do whatever you want because it's fifty fifty. It'll be better. Yeah, in my opinion, that's how I feel about the book. Mm. So, there you, I mean, that's, where do these uh, where do these stairs go? <laughs> they go up. That's how we can uh, look at this. I, as far as the actual like Doctor Sleep story, story, I don't know. I think it looks kind of compelling. I know, I, I know mm-hmm. that um, the the chalk on the board is supposed to be like him talking to, um, I believe, Abra. Uh, so that's that's kind of like a cool little, you know, if they can pull that sort of. I always like when they have like devices in movies like that. And that looks kind of neat. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike. I think f- just knowing a little bit of, I do about it. I felt like all of the Doctor Sleep elements were really compelling mm-hmm. in the in the trailer. Like you're saying, like it works for for but me. But what drew you in was the shining. You said, yeah. I mean, well, what drew me in was honestly the opening with with, with the back and forth because mm-hmm. I don't okay. I don't know what that is. I didn't know he was talking to someone. I didn't. Yeah. I just was like, what is going on? And then, um, just the smashed chalkboard. The you know you know it's funny though that the poster for this. Just reminds me of the poster for Spectre, which is like the shattered glass. Yes, that looks like you know what I mean. Like it did. Well, let's um, hope it's, so, it's, so, it's, a, it's a new Bond film, uh, Red Rum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, but because I think when I was on an episode a long time ago, and we talked for some reason we were talking about Doctor Sleep, and, uh, I don't <laughs> we, remember what it was. We it was always probably, ended up talking about Doctor yeah, Sleep. Yeah, but it was, but we were talking about the specificity of like the the woman. What's the name of the the leader of the? Oh, Rose, the, Rose hat. the Hat. Rose the Hat. Rebecca Ferguson. And just talking about how, like, that's not good in the book and how it's lame and those people are lame. But I was, like, genuinely, like, I agree. kind of creeped out. Especially that scene when she's talking to a little girl and then all of a sudden you see them kind of just, like, descending on her. Mm-hmm. It's like an overhead shot. Yeah. I was like, that's intense as fuck. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm allowing myself to get really excited about it because, God damn it, like, you please, McGregor. Just, you let, love you McGregor please just let this be good. I love you, McGregor. I think that... He brings an intensity to things like it could be it could be some crap movie and he'll bring in some intensity to it. You know, like it, he he never fails to, to bring something. Nobody to the says movie. nobody is honestly of all the oh, yeah, of all the yeah. Star Wars bashing over the last twenty years. Have you ever heard anybody say it's because of you, McGregor? No, no, no. He rises above the material every time. Yeah. in my opinion, you know. Now I haven't seen Mordecai. <laughs> but, I'm sure it's uh, we got second Mordecai reference within a month. Wow. Um, I the only thing I'm still worried about is the the old people that are like you know energy sucking vampires or whatever. That's, that's and they show a little bit of that in this. But like I said, maybe my imagination just didn't connect with the novel. I just didn't see it like you're seeing in the movie. Like Wait, in the movie, it looks more much more stylistic. You know. Isn't that ro- the Rose of the Hat people? That's what they do. They, yeah, they, that, they, that, they yeah. basically what they do is, this is really no spoilers, it's basically the plot. I mean, they seek out people who have got the shine. 
Yeah, but I like that. I kind of like the idea that they're like hunting yeah. down shine people. I mean, again, like in the book, maybe it doesn't work, but the idea of that is really cool. I think, like mm-hmm. you know, like and then. Well, did you recognize one of the people? And did you recognize a little girl in the very beginning? Mm-hmm. It's the little girl. One of the little girls from Honey Hill House. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's what I love that's about cool. Flanagan is that you know, true auteurs really usually use the same cast. Yeah. They use the same scores. They use you know, or the the composers, etc. The crow. And that's the case here. I mean, he's... he's is his wife going to be in it? I uh, wouldn't no. be She's got to be in I, it. I think, no, I think it's because Maybe she a bit was... Role, I but think she... Because they just had a child. Oh, so you're I think right, that was right. why. Oh. Um, That'll break the streak. I think she's been in everything, right? I think so. I'm sure she appears somewhere. That's what it. I'm saying. You know, Not a major yeah. role, but I wouldn't be surprised she's Can we it, get Hutton in this? That'd <laughs> uh, be great. Get him back. That'll Give be another Give me Henry King Thomas. property that he's in. What if he shows up and he's just like, hi, um... I'm um, I'm actor Timothy Hutton. My mother checked into this retirement home. He's got a, um, he's as got long as he's wearing a hat and and yeah. and doing his leverage thing. I'm there. What if he comes <laughs> as Tad? Oh, oh Thad Bomer comes, comes in as Thad Bomer. I need your help, Danny. Danny, I need Danny. I'm writing a book about your father. It's called the. <laughs> The Shining. <laughs> and then, and then. It, it, it features an axe and it features <laughs> and a hedge he, maze. And then, and then you see him and he goes, uh, well, it wasn't an axe. And then they just brush over it. But it's a little, a little nod to the book. Mm. <laughs> exactly. God. God. I think we're all really excited about this. I am. I'm, I'm way more excited well, about it than the, I well, ever thought I would be. My big uh, take, I don't know how hot this is, but at the end of the day, we're talking about a movie here, not a book. Okay, mm-hmm. so keep this in mind when I say this. I'm probably looking forward to this or more interested. You, you, Mike knows where I'm going with this. But because I find Mike Flanagan to be a more compelling filmmaker than Andy Muschietti. So personally, even though I love it, obviously, much more than Dr. Sleep, I'm more interested to see what Flanagan's going to do with Dr. Sleep than I am with what Muschietti's going to do with um, it, chapter two. Yeah, that's where I am on it. This, I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to both. I am. I'm really looking forward to it, well, chapter two, mostly for Hater, but I'm kind of on the same page as yeah. you. It, this is, but not the same companies doing rolling. They this are out. Warner Brothers. It is. Yeah, yeah, Warner Brothers. Don't you feel after this trailer and the response it's getting right now, which has got to be good, right? It's been pretty mm-hmm. positive. Oh, online. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you feel that we're going to start seeing a lot of it stuff now mm-hmm. because they're really going to try to ramp up. A King. It's crazy B. that we've seen more of this, which went into production well after It Chapter Two. Oh yeah, this got yeah. bumped up by three months, I think, mm-hmm. and we still only seen like a teaser for It Chapter Two. And we haven't when, seen like a proper when, trailer. When does it yet. come out again? This comes out like September. Here's here's the weirdest thing that's that's odd. It's like three months. So the, the Doctor Sleep opens worldwide on October thirtieth, and then it opens here November eighth. A part of me thinks that they're going to bump it back for for Halloween or something like that. Like, you mean why bump would it you, up? You mean or bump it up? I mean, yeah, yeah. Why would you not release it before Halloween? It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I get it that they're not trying to make it more of like a horror thing, and yeah. November's fine. I mean, some of the greatest movies came out in November. Like I Nightmare think coming on the Christmas. heels of Halloween, you know, like you're no longer contending with that holiday and all that yeah. shtick you've got it's like the first clean you know week like what are you going to do oh yeah go see and i like the idea that's coming out like more in the winter time it's going to be cold out it's going to be i don't know i like and it, like you said if it's not going to be a straight up horror and it is going to be more of a drama which you said the book reads like 
Then I like that too, but it has God, very, that next trailer better not be as horrified as this one. You know what I mean? Like, it has a very autumnal feel to it. So it I, I actually like I actually like Mike that it's it's in November and not October thirtieth. It feels like a November fall movie. It was well, fall I, slash winter. I, movie. I like it from a scheduling perspective since it really would fuck us up if it did oh, come back God. on October thirtieth because we have so a much ton happening. of stuff planned. Um, this fall for Stephen oof. King is going to be crazy. This might be peak season for King. What's we talked about earlier. I mean, we've got the new King book is coming out. The mm-hmm. novel is coming out. And then we're going to have creep show going on. We have Mr. Mercedes. Mr. Mercedes going on. It is going to be going on in September. This is all September stuff, folks. The Institute comes out. Yeah. So I'm saying, yeah, the new book. And that's going to all lead into Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. And that's going to lead into The Outsider. And then, you know, and then yeah. it's going to keep going. The train isn't stopping anytime soon. Choo-choo. Hey, the Institute know, train isn't going to stop anytime soon either. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. It is. It's uh, Blaine is not a pain in this, uh, in this uh, oh, situation. Right. But oh, oh yeah, can we can we pause it on what we think this uh, Dark Tower reference is going to be? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you might see like Cooch. Cujo can show up <laughs> like he's a head, a big, Cooch. he's a big player in the Dark Tower series. What if it's, he is? He's in the Dark Tower movie. Remember, he's in the street. Oh, I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that's what's uh, playing at the movie theater in the background. They have like a Dark Tower poster. <laughs> It's, well, like, it's like it, the mist. Um, in the, well, on the trailer, it's like Casablanca. It does yeah. say that. In the, oh no, I'm just saying, like in the theater when they're actually in there, there's like a you know a poster for like coming soon, Dark Tower. Uh, you know what? God. I wouldn't be surprised. That'd be fun. Yeah. I have a feeling, like, like I said, like the mist. Like, oh no, I'm, I'm saying the Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Oh god. If it's something huge that people will lose their minds, yeah, I, I can't. I'm thinking it's two things. It could be the rose. Mm. Oh, uh, rose even the a subtle reference to it. Maybe Rose the Hat is the rose of this universe. Oh, God. <laughs> of or where and when. it could just be like, you know, because shine people see things. Like, it could be maybe they see like a door just in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that'd be creepy. Just like in a park or something. But they don't go through it, obviously. But just like, they're just like seeing. You just, yeah, you just assume it's going to be an Easter egg or a blatant like, hey, it's the Dark Tower. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Well, they'll probably like open up a door in the Overlook. And you'll see like a beach with all these other doors. Oh, that would that'd be, come on, that would be amazing if they did that. That would be pretty cool. I'd though. be all in on that. It would, oh, it would be like the blue If he's situation. in the overlook and he's opening doors and they don't, they lead somewhere else or something, mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Or if he's like walking down the street and like where that park is with the Audrey character. <laughs> he bumps into Roland. And yeah. Rolling in his yeah, roll, crossing the, they're crossing their street and they they, they stop and they say, um, nice "Do you know where um, Stephen King? <laughs> do you know where Stephen King lives?" Oh no no no! It's him and Jake. They run to them and the kid goes, "Hey, nice outfit," you know, and then just kind of keep moving on. What if nice coat? What if there's a scene where they're like wandering around the streets and they bump into Roland and he's like, "Nice outfit." <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, no, we're not going to do that. No, um, but honestly, what is that bookstore that's from the wastelands? Maybe that's in the city or something like that. Well, okay, let's say that they're 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 okay. Let's say for argument's sake that um, like I'm forgetting his name, Danny, obviously in Abra, they're in the park, and then they get up. And then they run into Roland and Jake as they're crossing the street. I mean, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty uh, nice wild. outfit. Yeah, nice outfit. Hey, yeah. nice outfit. Yeah. Uh, no, the name of the book, I can't remember the name of the book, but I know what you're talking about. That would be a very It's where Calvin deep Tower cut. works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tower um, Records, I think. Something of the Mind, I think it was, it was called. Or even, what's the name oh, of the... Oh, that's what it is. Manhattan Restaurant of the Mind. Yes. What's, the name, what's the name of the company? The company that owns the building at the, at the, the Tower. The Ted Corporation. The, mm-hmm. 
what if what if there's a reference to the tech corporation be you awesome. know owning like the hospital or something that you know what I mean if there's some direct, there's got to be some direct reference that he's like they said that only tower heads would like yeah, really go yeah, crazy yeah. about well, could, they could so do it's got to be obscure unless they just unless all of a sudden in one of the dreams you you know Shardik starts <laughs> bumbling over the corner you know with a dish on his head what if what if they like he goes to you know there, there's like something to do with the land where the, the overlook is. No, I'm just being serious. And it has to do with the Tet Corporation there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they have to go to the Tet Corporation building, and then when they walk mm-hmm. out, they run into Roman and Jake. Yeah, they're like, hey, nice outfit, nice outfit. Or there's a direct reference because of these people are going after people with the shine that there's a direct reference to the breakers. That would actually be pretty. I think that's more likely. That makes sense. Because here's the thing that without spoiling too much, it works. Um, Almost like uh, I'm trying to think of the the reference oh, to this, but man, I just saw something cool. It's because when he's doing the shining that he starts drawing people in, mm. and that's what's that kind of causes people of evil forces to know like what's happening. It's almost like when you put the ring on in the dark. In the, yeah, oh, the definitely. And, and we know that King loves the yeah. Tolkien stories. So how maybe about, that's how, how they about do it. how about how about we see. They're at. They're all. Uh, the first time we see Rose Hat and her people, mm-hmm. they're actually going after Bradigan. Oh, Ted Brothergan. Wow. And it's actually Anthony Hopkins. And he gets, he, oh, and, wow, and then they, they go into his apartment and he's gone, but he, he walked through a door that is no longer there. That would be, oof. The low men in yellow coats. Well, let's see. Uh, Hearts of Atlantis was distributed by Castle Rock Entertainment with Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Let's do Why it. Why wouldn't they? I mean, well, it's a direct a go- reference. But I will say this, though. That is such a deep cut for the modern fan. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll be taken up because they would recognize Anthony Hopkins, but they might not recognize that movie. And that would be, that would just take them right out. That'd be too confusing. Well, we'd love it, but they wouldn't. They'd be like, the, the 15 year old watching the movie would be like, who, why is why is Hannibal Lecter there? Uh, well, he's may, gone. Well, maybe maybe there maybe Rose the Hat. No offense. Or, to you maybe Rose the Hat and their crew are after they go after that girl. They bump into Roland and Jake on the street, and they're like, "Hey, nice outfit." <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else we want to add? I, uh, that does it for me. I, I'm I'm pretty fried, and this has been a, a very fun time. Well, I'll say that the next time we're on a podcast with Mel or Randall, we'll make sure to point out that they were wrong about their whether or not this is going to be a direct sequel to the Kubrick Shining. Mel, Mel was very nice. She uh, was. She, she already posted on Twitter and I believe on Facebook. She sure did. Um, and she's going to get me a, a drink. She's going to get me um, a thing of whiskey just like Jack would have it. And what, we'll be what, seeing a, Mel very what about soon. Randall's reaction? Yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. He has admitted it. He has admitted <laughs> he was it. just here. I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll be seeing everybody soon. We'll be a loser gathering because old Mel's going to be coming back to town soon. So that'll be nice. We've got two um, birthdays coming up. That's right. Mel, Mel and I uh, share birthdays back to back. Wow. So wait, when is this episode going to drop, Mike? This is dropping tonight. So you will also have had the Langoliers miniseries. Wow. You're, you're getting a that. double dip. Two episodes in one day. You're going to get this episode, which you just listened to. Thank you very much. And of course, uh, myself, Dan Flieger, and Laura Understall did the Langoliers miniseries, mm-hmm. which was a sequel to our Langoliers novella episode. We talked. We had a lot to say about that book, surprisingly, yeah. and a lot to say about... The Bronson Pinchot starring miniseries as well. Well, we also got a double episode next week because mm-hmm. we have uh, Secret Garden, Secret Window, Secret window, window, Secret Garden, Garden. Uh, and that has uh, myself, Mac, and Mel. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have a special episode that's going to be paired with that, and uh, with a special guest that you are going to be very happy about if you are. Uh, 
a fan of podcasts. And you you are the, because you're listening to this. The initials to that podcast, or you want to tease it later? Ah, no, we'll tease it later. It's ex- <laughs> it's it's very fun. It's very fun, and we, it was a very um, uh, spirited. Discussion. Let me, I'll just blow. We got Mark Maron. Mark Maron's coming <laughs> yeah. on. We did it. Uh, we finally. Hey, what the on. fuck? What the fuckers? So anyway, uh, any, long story short, we are looking forward to Doctor Sleep. Uh, hopefully, there's a great scene in it. Something like you know. Um, I don't like know. Danny and uh, uh, Don, Danny and Abra are on the park bench, and then they get up and they're crossing the street, and then all of a sudden, Randall, like Roland and Jake are there, and they say, "Nice, nice outfit. outfit." So on that note, long, long days, days and, and pleasant nights. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot Consequence Podcast Network.